Hello, may I welcome you to episode 78 of Moving Matters. I am your host, Colin Wynn. I hope Moving Matters will give you an insight to others working or have worked in this wonderful industry as I delve into their past, their present and their future. You will find a new episode of Moving Matters on the second and fourth Thursday of each month. In this episode, we go international and discover how my guests began within the industry some 32 years ago, telemarketing after leaving school. We discuss her challenges, what she would change from her moving past, her high points, what changes she would make to the industry, the advice she would give starting out again, her predictions for the next five years and what she does outside of the workplace. And as always, we end moving matters with a funny moving story. In fact, two, one regarding a lost cat and the other, her own move. My guest this episode is Nancy Zafrani, General Manager of Oz Moving, based in New York City. Enjoy. Good afternoon, Nancy. How are you today? I'm very well, thank you, Colin. How are you? I'm very well indeed. Thank you very much. Thank you for being a guest on Moving Matters podcast. Thank you for having me. Can you tell everybody about yourself and the length of time within the industry? Sure. I have been in the industry for about 32 years, 31 of those years with Oz Moving. I've lived in New York my entire life, and uh, this really started as an after-school job, telemarketing for a moving company in New York City, and grew from there. So 31 years at Oz Moving. Yes. So before I worked at Oz Moving, I worked for a now defunct moving company uh, where I worked with Avi Oz. Yeah. He was the supervisor of my department. Yeah. And about a year into my working there, the company was sold to another bigger company and Avi decided to open his own company and he asked me to come on board. Cool. And what is your role today? I am the general manager. So how do you go from that role to general manager? Uh, well, I when I first started, obviously, when Avi started the company in 1993, there were really just a handful of us. It was himself and me and Iran in the office and a handful of movers and a hand-painted truck and a little storefront in Hell's Kitchen. And we basically did the same thing that we had been doing, going through the phone book, cold calling, calling leads. Avi had a pretty substantial reputation in the industry, even from the beginning. Right. He had been working in commercial moving for many years, probably at that point, a good 10 years in the moving industry. So he had some connections and friends and building managements that, that he knew and liked him. So we were able to actually quite quickly grow pretty substantially based on his reputation and the, the training of the movers. So can you tell everybody about the company and the services they offer? So we are. Uh, well, we were established in New York City, and we've expanded over the years. We have a, a very large 185,000-square-foot storage facility in Yonkers. Uh, that's where our trucks are based, which is just outside of New York City. We have another storage facility in Hillside, New Jersey, which is near the Port of Elizabeth, near uh, Newark Airport. And uh, we have another location in, in Los Angeles, California, again, near the Port of LA, uh, another warehouse there. and. Um, we provide a range of services, the standard services, moving local, interstate, packing, unpacking, packing materials. But we do also have 
Um, so not so usual services that really do make us unique. Like, for example, we have an antique restorer on staff. And I think we're probably the only moving company that I've ever heard of that has an antique restorer on staff. He's a furniture specialist. He can really do anything. He can take apart a built-in bookcase, armoires that need to be disassembled to fit into or out of spaces. So we do always try to see what our clients' needs are and, and meet them before they even know what the client that they need. Cool. So how many branches do you have? We have four. And we have a main sales and administrative office in Midtown Manhattan. And how many trucks and men do you have then? Uh, about 40 trucks wow. and about 170 movers. How do you manage 170 movers? We have a team of dispatchers and HR managers and operation managers. I don't personally manage them. We have a lot of help. Wow. <laughs> that's, a, that's a lot of moving, guys. Do you have any females on the team? Absolutely. What do they do, if you don't mind me asking? They do everything that the men do, especially when it comes to packing. Yeah, because it's interesting because my guest on the last podcast, which would have been Chris Weymouth, one thing that he would like to change in the industry is to have more female packers. Because in the UK, it's quite rare. There are companies that do it. And there mm -hmm. have been companies where the company's built up purely on women, but there's not enough of them. There are women, obviously, in offices and in management, but not actually out on the front line. Yes, we do have, I, I believe right now we have five or six women. And they do do everything that the men do. They can push a dolly. They can pack a box. They work as a team. They work together. We have some women that are stronger than some of the men. <laughs> and we've always had women working for us. We have women dispatchers and we've always had women movers. Yeah. How do they find it in a male-dominated industry then? I think one of the appeals of moving is that it's very physical. Yeah. So if you like that type of work, if you like getting out and being very active, I, I could see the appeal. You're also in a different place every day. You're around different people every day. I mean, just as people, women have always been an active part of household moving. Women yeah. pack their boxes. When I move, I pack my clothing. I pack my dishes. I pack my books. I can pick up a box. I'm entirely capable of carrying a box. So it's um, probably a little bit more of a comfortable work environment than construction, actually, because it's primarily indoors. Yeah. There is some outdoor aspect of it, but it's not entirely outdoors. So what challenges have you had to overcome then, Nancy? Challenges as far as being a female in a male-dominated industry? You could start there. Wow. I have to say, I've always had a really, really strong support group that I work with. Aviaz and Aran Sobel have always just supported the fact that I have as equal a say as anyone else. And I think that that's really one of the things that helped my voice be heard in a room of men was that the two people that were basically in charge were telling everyone that my voice mattered. Yeah. And what other challenges have you had? Well, this is not an easy business to be in. What's so difficult about it? Well, people take it very personally. So, you know, you're moving their household, you're moving their personal belongings, everything that's really 
from a tangible property that... And it's a stressful time for them, isn't it? Super stressful. But it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. But it's not just the move that is sometimes stressing out the clients. It could be the, the circumstances around the move. People don't always move because they're in the middle of a good time in their life. People move because they're getting divorced or because they can't afford where they're living. There are other circumstances. In general, moving is stressful, but there are sometimes extenuating circumstances that make it even more so. So that can be very, very difficult. Sometimes people are just not sure under other circumstances, they can be a little bit more rational or thinking differently. So if somebody's very frantic and worried, they're not easy to communicate with. And it's been said on the podcast before that the guys are on the front line. They're like Samaritans at the end of the day. Sometimes you just have to put your arm around the client and just say, it will be okay. Everything will be fine. Absolutely. So I believe you've just started overseas moving. Yes. We recently merged with a, another company. It was a smaller company called Movage. And they were more of a boutique moving company. Right. Relatively small compared to Oz. Oz is a pretty big organization. But what Movage brings to the table is the international piece of the puzzle that's been missing from us. So we are very excited to be able to really, truly offer full service moving of anything, really, anywhere. And we are really looking forward to growing that aspect of our business. Is this something then that all of the branches will take up? Yes. Because you're in prime locations, being down in Los Angeles and being in New York. Yes, exactly. And that's, I believe, one of the reasons why this was a mutually beneficial arrangement for the two companies to come together. So Movage had the capacity to do the moving, but really didn't have the location. Right. Where we have the locations, but didn't have the license. So now that we're working together, they have access to our storage facilities. Yeah parking and other connections and uh, relationships that we've built with different groups over the years. Yeah. So if you could change anything from your moving past, what would it be? I would have absolutely invested in cameras on the trucks sooner. That has been a big game changer for us. A few years ago, we, we invested in cameras that would record inside and outside of the trunk cab so we could see uh, it actually prevented us from being blamed for a couple of accidents over the years but recently we invested in a different product right. uh, it was a more advanced camera system with a company called open eyes and this program has an ai component that actually talks to the movers while they're driving so in the past if a mover was let's say using his phone and trying to maybe follow directions on an app on his phone and didn't have his eyes on the road, we could see that after the fact. But this technology will speak to the mover, will identify that he has eyes off the road and tell him, eyes on the road, pay attention. So these are cameras in the cab? Yes, in and out. Pointed at the guys? Yes, pointed at their faces. Do you have the cameras in the back of the trucks as well then? Not yet. Oh, yet. I take it that's something that's on the cards. Yes. 
So especially being in New York City, driving in New York City, there's a lot of bumper to bumper, stop and go traffic. And this technology has really just helped make the drivers more aware. I don't know how it works in the UK, but you get into an accident and there's a personal injury. Even if it's while you're working, it will show up on your personal record. So it impacts the driver's personal driving record and their insurance premiums as well. So it's been a really big game changer. And it also, as I said, it's prevented us from being blamed for accidents that were actually not our fault. So we're always the big truck and it's the little car. And the assumption is always that the big truck is the one at fault. But we've been able to show with the cameras that, I'll give you an example. There was a person that once opened their door as our truck was driving past it. And under other circumstances, you would assume that we were at fault for not slowing down when this person opened their driver's side door. But with the video footage, we could see that they opened it just as we were driving past and it wasn't possible for us to stop in time. And that saved us from our insurance company from having to pay for that damage to a car. I take it they don't have that door anymore. They don't have that door anymore. Well, they should look before they open. Yes. Yes. (laughs) What is your high point of being within the industry? Hmm. Well, frequently when people ask what I do and I say I work in moving, their first response is, that's very exciting. Do you deal with a lot of celebrities? And I know that (laughs) mistaken moving for movies. So moving (laughs) doesn't tend to be the most exciting industry. But I do, I do love when I see that we are part of a, a bigger project. So over the years, we've sponsored projects like the AIDS Walk New York and the Susan G. Komen Race for the Cure, Big Brother, Big Sister, the New York Cares Coat Drive, Toys for Tots. These are all philanthropic events that take place around the city. And I'm sure in your, your neck of the woods, you have similar races. And Yeah, yeah. So we are... Just so happy to be able to provide the trucks and storage to get the supplies that they need to and from these events, to bring the coats to the sorting centers, to bring the toys to the sorting centers. And I know that we're helping the organizations. So it's always great. That's probably one of the things that I get very excited about. Any other high points? Well, being in business for 30 years and having this be really a company that I've helped grow over the past 30 years and knowing that we got to this point when somebody tells us wow I know Oz moving I've heard of them they're a great company they're huge they're the fact that it's a well-known company at this point is always something that makes me feel good because I know that not just myself but everybody that has worked to build this company over the years and build a reputation appreciates the the fact that we've actually grown to a company that's well-known and reputable and is a hell of a size as well. Yes. <laughs> when, when I was younger, in the morning, the trucks, a lot of them drive down 2nd Avenue. And there's, I, I want to say it's uh, Channel 11 News. Their cameras focus on, on the hosts. And in the background, you can see the street traffic drive. So here and there, it was inevitable that you would see one of our trucks driving past. <laughs> and a friend of my mother's would always tell me, oh, I saw your truck recently. And after a few years, I, I asked her, you realize we have more than one truck. You're not seeing <laughs> the same truck over again. But she did, she did. She thought we had only one truck. So 
<laughs> Keeps doing the same route over and yes. over. <laughs> what one thing would you change within the moving industry? Uh, definitely, I would love to see more moving companies doing things the right way and, and just being honest. I don't know if you have the problem in the UK, but we have really a, a great deal of dishonesty and it makes it hard for companies that are established and trying to just run a decent, honest business because there's just stories in the news about people getting ripped off and companies just changing names and basically opening a company, running it into the ground and then closing it and reopening. Um, it's a big problem in, in the U.S., particularly Florida happens to be just a hotbed of terrible moving companies. So it's very hard to compete with that. Do you think that's also something to do with the fact that it's easy to get into this industry? Yes, absolutely. And there's really no personal accountability to the owner of the company who's allowed to just close and reopen corporations and get new licenses. I would expect at some point they should question why this person is on their third license. So what is this license you talk about? So there are a number of licenses. Most states require an intrastate license. So for example, New York State Department of Transportation regulates right. moves within New York State. Right. And then in between states, you have Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration, which is the federal government that oversees interstate transportation. So that same organization also oversees the tractor trailers that are delivering food and merchandise, yeah. not just moving companies. You're right in, in saying if you're on your third license, surely that should spark an interest somewhere to say something's not quite right here. Yes. And they're also moving brokers that are not even moving companies. They are oh, yes. literally middlemen. And you just it's not possible for, for them to be in business and not be taking advantage, I think. Yes, we have those in the UK as well. Bedroom brokers, as we like to call them. Exactly. Mm, don't have a moving truck between them, but we'll take the inquiries. No, they don't have a warehouse. They don't have a truck. Yeah. So it just doesn't make sense to ever use a moving broker. But people don't realize that there's a difference between a moving broker and a moving company. And the moving broker probably makes more money than the moving company on a per move basis. Now, a little birdie has told me that you believe influencers are helping and hindering the sales aspect of the moving process. Care to explain further? Well, I think that influencers are, they can help a company. We're just in a new time. When we first started this company in 1993, if you didn't have an ad in the yellow pages, you didn't have business. That was just the highlight of where, where you where you advertised. We were always so excited every year when the Yellow Page book came out yeah. to see where we landed. Because yeah. the closer you were to the front of the book, the more likely it was that somebody was going to call you. And if you had a full page, you know, when we first opened, we had we could afford a quarter page, and then we moved up to a half page, and then we moved to a full page. And every time you got closer to the front of the book, it was more and more exciting. But we're not in 1993 anymore. We are in 2024 now. So. Uh, we have to move with the current. 
and people are relying on influencers to 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 hear their reviews on goods and services. So, you know, the same way you may look to an influencer to pick a new lipstick shade or a personal blender. I don't, I don't even know what they sell these days. <laughs> <laughs> Some individuals are looking to see what the influencers have to say. So, you know, if you do a job for somebody that, you know, has a lot of followers and you, you know, we don't always know that because we are not, we're not Google searching every customer that we have. Frequently, we're doing a move for somebody that ends up being an influencer and we'll post something about how, you know, what a great job they did. And it's a little scary because in case something goes awry and in this industry, it's, it's a very high risk industry. You know, something happens, something can get damaged and you don't want them to necessarily talk about that either. So it is a little scary going out there because you really never know who you're moving. But it's also helpful just to to spread the word because that's where people are looking. Their faces buried in their phones. Although I don't believe clients when they are looking for a moving company are necessarily immediately going to Instagram to look for a moving company. The branding aspect of it is there where maybe they're not moving right now, but if they see some videos, we post a lot of videos of our, our movers. A lot of them actually are doing them themselves. <laughs> you know, they're movers in, this is a day as a mover in New York City and you know, look how well we wrap this and they have a great team mentality. They've got their crews and they're really cute. Some of the videos that they've made. So it's just the evolution of the way that businesses and individuals communicate today. Aren't the influencers though only for a certain age group? Not necessarily. You don't think? I mean, I go on social media quite a bit and the so-called, what I would class as an influencer, is always young and always targeting a younger audience. Yes. And young people need to move as well. And young people have parents and grandparents that are moving. So if they know that they're someone in their family is moving who may not be directly influenced by the influencer, then they will say, hey, grandma, I saw Taylor Swift being moved by Oz moving. Exactly. <laughs> and if Taylor Swift thinks Oz moving is a great company, then you should too. I think a lot of people behave that way or they have that mentality that if it's good enough, I mean, we moved Hugh Jackman. I'm sure people think, well, if Oz moving is good enough for Hugh Jackman, then they're good enough for me. It's a great company. Did he post that all over his social media for you as well? He didn't, but he was kind enough oh, to take some pictures. Come on, Hugh. He's come really on, Hugh. Lovely, lovely person to work with from what I hear. But he did take pictures with the guys. They were so excited. Do you get to move many celebrities? Yes. Yes, we do. I bet the guys love doing that. Yes. When they recognize them. <laughs> <laughs> because that, that influencer... Um, you know, the, it, it goes both ways. I mean, we've yeah. definitely had instances where we moved older celebrities that the movers were not necessarily yeah. familiar with. If you're probably moving somebody from the Giants, the Jets or the Yankees, they probably know them straight away. Yes. <laughs> and models. We've moved a lot of models. We've moved all different levels of celebrity. 
So how difficult is it to move somebody in New York? Oh, it's definitely challenging. The streets can be very narrow. There's tons of traffic. It's always full of traffic. It's always slow-moving traffic. Yes. And the buildings are always tall apartment blocks. Yes. So there's traffic, there's elevators. It, it is challenging. They definitely love the treat of getting to do a suburban house move. Yeah, I bet. Wow. And do you then have to obviously go out and get parking permits and things like that to park the trucks? Not in New York City. We don't need permits. Some of wow. the other cities, Boston, Chicago, need permits. New York City, you don't need a permit. Actually, there are some amenable zones as a moving company that New York City does allow. Interesting. Next time I'm in New York, I'm going to come and knock on your door. Seriously. Absolutely. So what advice would you give yourself just starting out in the industry again? Hmm. Well, um, I guess I would just let myself know that every experience is a learning experience. And I really wouldn't change anything because every step of the way we've just honed honed our craft we learn by our mistakes as well don't we not that we make a lot i'm saying that you make any but we often learn by our mistakes which is often a good way to learn where do you see yourself in the industry in the next five years where does nancy see herself in five years time i always say i will probably die in this chair (laughs) (laughs) Uh, please stay until the end of this recording I will I see myself right here with a bigger Oz moving with a expansively grown Oz moving I would love to see Oz moving with a location in Florida and Texas I see that in the next five years I definitely see the international division just exploding I don't think that there are too many companies in our area that can compete with us. We just, on a local and interstate level, we have a really fantastic reputation and just adding international to it, you just can't ask for more. So I just think that we're really going to be doing a lot of moving internationally. We're looking forward to connecting with new companies that we can be a destination agent for. You know, we take this company very personally. Everybody, for the most part, most of the upper management here have been with the company, if not from, I mean, I'm here from day one, but they've been here for 20, 25 years. But you generally find that in the moving industry. You don't find that. And there's a huge difference between hiring somebody and having them work for you for, you know, it's a job. But for us, it's really... It goes beyond being a job. It's, it's, it's like my other child. <laughs> I have two children. I have a 19-year-old daughter in college, and I have a 30-year-old moving company. <laughs> it's really something that I've seen grow and mature and learn from mistakes. And Oz Moving's triumphs are, you know, my triumphs. I, I'm so happy for the company on a whole. And I think that just having so many people here that have worked with the company from the beginning when we were hand painted trucks and 
<laughs> barely knew what we were doing compared to today, that is. It's just, you can't match up. So where do you see the industry in five years? Do you see any changes? Um, in the industry, I, I am excited for self-driving trucks. Really? Yes. Yes. Can you see that happening in the next five years? Not in five years, but AI assistance, I think, would be fantastic. Do you see that then as being a help just in New York? Or do you think that would be a help if you've got a job going from New York to L.A.? Everywhere. Really? Yes. Self-driving trucks? It's wow. very hard to find drivers, good drivers. Oh, God, tell me about it. Uh, yes. And um, when you're a moving company driver, you're a driver and you're a laborer. As opposed yeah. to being a driver for, say, a big box store where you drive and you park and somebody else comes in, unloads it, and then you get back in and you continue driving. And it, it's, it's hard work. It's not, it's not easy. It's physically we always challenging. Say, Nancy, we always say in the UK, you can take a porter and turn him into a driver, but you can't take a driver and turn him into a porter. Yes, I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. Finding drivers and finding good drivers that also know moving is very, very hard. So if we could have a self-driving truck and just have to supply the laborers, that would be fantastic. And also in the U.S., the drivers are limited to the number of hours a day they can work. So yeah. if you could have a self-driving truck driving 24 hours a day, everyone would get their property so much faster. They would be happy that we're more like Amazon, <laughs> getting it there in two days prime. Well, don't. We'll be dropping their furniture off with a drone next. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Probably in an Amazon box, good old Jeff. Any other changes to the industry in the next five years? I think with just post-pandemic, people working from home, there's a lot more flexibility in where people live now. Yeah. So people will be more inclined to live where they are happy and not where they really feel they need to live to have a job where, you know, people live in New York, maybe because they work in finance or they work in advertising. So they need to be close to midtown Manhattan, but with the expansion and the just becoming the norm of working from home, working remotely, you really could live anywhere. And I think people will be more open to moving to other places. Have you found then that many people have moved out of New York into the suburbs because Absolutely. they can work from home? Yes. Are you finding any reverse in that, in that they're now having to come back into the city at all? Not as much as you would think. There was a bit in the beginning. So during the pandemic, there was a mass exodus of people out of New York. Yeah. And when things started started coming back to normal, I would say nine months, a year after, there was definitely a bit of a return. People that, you know, when they first moved out of the city and into the suburbs were very excited to have a barbecue grill and have more space, but then soon realized there's not as much to do as there is in New York. So then they came back. But others that they love it, maybe even moving a little bit further, a little bit deeper. We have a, a salesperson. He's now entirely remote. He's moved all the way to Vermont. It's a four and a half hour oh, nice. drive from New York. Vermont is also a hotspot, apparently. It's very, or I should say it's not densely populated. It's very sparsely populated. Yeah. 
and it has beautiful seasons. So apparently it's a, a new destination for people to move to. So he's a remote salesperson for you? Yes, we do some on-site sales with Zoom or, or WhatsApp. So you do video surveys video, and things like video that? Video survey, yeah. correct. And how is he finding video surveys? They love it. They're able to do more during the day because they are not spending as much time traveling between yep. appointments. So it's worked out very well. Are they still finding that they can hold that rapport with the customer? Because in the UK, it's a little hit and miss. Some people really like it. Um, people tend to prefer the on-site visit because then you're, you're seeing the lady of the house or the man of the house or whatever, building up a rapport with them that you can't quite get over video. But to me, I think the more video surveys you do, the better you become at it. They're doing fine with the video surveys. We do offer both. It really depends on the client's level of comfort. and. Um, it's working out. We're not reverting entirely back to on-site. You didn't get Hugh Jackman on a video call. I don't think he. I don't think he <laughs> dealt with the move directly. I believe he had a little help from an assistant. <laughs> I just wondered whether he did a bit of acting on it. Though. <laughs> so, what do you do outside of the industry to switch off, then, Nancy? Although I'm getting the impression you don't switch off. <laughs> um, boy, I. I I do switch off and I, I love to travel. I try to really, I think maybe it's a post pandemic thing where I feel like I really treasure my free time and spending it with friends and family. There were so many months where we weren't able to see each other. So I do a lot of, you know, just visits with friends and family and I have a dog who requires a lot of attention. She's a three-year-old rescue pup, and she needs a lot of exercise. So we are frequently, or I'm, I'm being pulled through Central Park while <laughs> she chases squirrels. So that takes up a lot of time. Of course, you're not that far from Central Park being in 45th Street, aren't you? No. It's walking distance from yeah. here. I, I live on the Upper East Side. It's walking distance. So are you a born and bred New Yorker? Yes. Would you ever move out of New York? Part of, I actually, I, I, I'm, I'm on the fence about moving out of New York because it has changed and part of me would like to move to a relatively close suburb. Yeah. But I, as much as we talk about it, my husband and I, it's not something that has actually come to fruition <laughs> because we can't agree on uh, where and any houses that I find, he shoots down, and houses he finds, I shoot down. So I, I think we're in it for the long haul. <laughs> and finally, I like to end my podcast with a funny moving story. Do you have one or more to tell? Um, obviously, we've, we've had many interesting events over the years. Some of them are funny but there's always when something is funny there's frequently a sort of dark angle to it <laughs> you know it's at, it's at somebody's somebody's expense unfortunately sometimes when when you have a funny story so we did have a situation some years back where a client lost their cat during a move cat went missing and it was a move that we did to our storage facility <laughs> and the client called us 
five days after the move to let us know that the cat was missing. And they thought maybe the cat had <laughs> snuck into one of their drawers because the cat liked to sleep in their drawer. And my response, of course, in my mind was, why did you wait five days to call us? <laughs> and again, in some aspect, it ended up being a happy story because she did locate her cat, but it, it took her five days. I don't know what the cat was eating or drinking during that time, but it's also a little sad that this poor cat was so traumatized by the move. You know, I can say that my own move, actually, we moved our apartment out to do some renovations a few years back. And of course, everything that I tell everyone not to do, I did, including, <laughs> you know, sending the movers home and telling them, I'll just, I'll finish the rest of this. So we renovated our apartment and we rented a small apartment while just to live in while the renovations were taking yeah. place. And I had moved a good portion of my kitchen to that new apartment. So when our apartment was ready to move back in, the movers came and they brought all the furniture upstairs. And I told them, I'll, I'll handle the kitchen. Just, just leave it, <laughs> which they did. And I was there until 11 o'clock at night because I didn't realize I should have realized, because again, I tell people not to do this all the time. Like if you're hiring movers, just hire them to do everything. Don't do the piecemeal stuff by yourself because it's really more work than it's worth. And it was absolutely way more work than it was worth for me to layer plates and glasses in shopping bags and make a hundred trips up to my apartment piece by piece. I don't know what I was thinking, but I did that myself. <laughs> so have you learned a valuable lesson there, Nancy? Obviously not. <laughs> but yes, I think next time I move, if I ever move, which doesn't look like I'm going to, I will absolutely have them move everything down to the last teaspoon. But my parents also, when they moved to Florida, they were tired and moved to Florida. And I told them, don't move any food, don't move any liquids. And I went to the house and there was a box just not taped closed and I lifted it open and inside what was there. But boxes of oatmeal and bottles of <laughs> olive oil and said this would be very embarrassing if any of this leaks and my own parents move. They just don't want to move those things. <laughs> but we all like to do these things ourselves. But like you yes. said, let the professionals come in. That's why you're calling them. You want a professional mover. They know what they're doing. Yes. It really is more work than it, it seems. Well, Nancy. Thank you very much for giving up your time today to record this episode with me. I truly appreciate your time. I do as well, Colin, and I absolutely hope you'll stop by the next time you're in New York. I definitely will. I definitely will, I promise. Thank you very much. Thank you. I sincerely hope you enjoyed episode 78 of Moving Matters. Please rate, review and subscribe in your favourite podcast player of choice and please tell your industry colleagues about Moving Matters. My thanks and appreciation go to Nancy Zafrani of Oz Moving for giving up her time to record this episode. Thank you again, Nancy. If you would like to know more about Oz Moving and the services they provide, then you will find links within the show notes for this episode and on our webpage, movingmatterspodcast.co.uk. 
And please, if you have a funny moving story that could be relayed to our listeners or you would like to be a guest on the podcast, then do reach out to me by completing the contact form on our webpage, movingmatterspodcast.co.uk. Well, that is all from me. So until next time, keep moving. <laughs>